You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash sanantoniozen. Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. Um, so my name is Cuca Montesel. I don't think I know everyone, although I've um, known some of you forever. Uh, thankfully so. I am very grateful for that. Uh, San Antonio Zen Center is my home. Um, it has been so from the start of my uh, Zen practice. Uh, I guess it's 17 years ago now. Um, and it's always home. Um, throughout those 17 years, I have studied with uh, Kennedy Roshi. And um, in 2015, I guess it was, um, in a beautiful place by the Atlantic Ocean, I received a Dharma transmission from Kennedy Roshi, and so I am authorized to teach and to transmit the Dharma. I'm a lay teacher. I'm not a priest of any sort. Certainly not Catholic, which I am. <laughs> a Catholic, I mean. Um, so um, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be here, and I'm so very glad to see all of you. Um, when I saw that there was this thing here to, uh, to record forever what I say, I was struck uh, by a moment of panic. I left the uh, readings that I would have shared with you this morning at home. So there you have it. Zen is not, however, about reading. And it's not about the scriptures. So there it is. Maybe this is as it should be huh? this morning. And if it's terrible, we'll just wipe that clean. <laughs> For a bit of a do-over. By the way, there are no do-overs in life either. All we have is this moment right now. It has never been this moment. And it will never be again. And so Zen is a way in which we sit and practice in order to realize our true nature, to be able to see on a moment-by-moment -moment basis who we really are. For a long time I sat with the question, who am I, when the story is gone? I have a lot of stories. We all do. But I think Mexicans like me excel at that. <laughs> Stories about everything. So who am I when there is no story? Who are you when there is no story? I'm very glad to be here today also um, because these are difficult times. And I think that it's worth taking a look at what Thus, does this 
have to do with that, right? What does sitting have to do with the rest of our life? What does sitting this morning have to do with Dwayne going to the march, the women's march, um, against bigotry and racism and intolerance? What does it have to do with that? What does sitting have to do with whatever you're going to do the rest of your day? Some of you might uh, use Saturdays to, you know, catch up on what you couldn't do during the week. Some of you might be, as I am, very distressed about what is going on in our country and need to find ways of sort of chilling out. I know friends who are, you know, sort of doing massages and uh, talking to friends and such. Um, so they can take care of themselves. So what does this have to do with that? Um, Regardless, I I think of what our next actions are today or even what our politics or our language or our religion or our zip code, um, regardless of all of that, I think we would agree that these are very troubling times. For myself, my work takes me to many places where um, fear and distress and depression are quite palpable. So in South Texas, um, where we do some of our work, um, that area continues to be militarized. Families are um, fearful of being rounded up and separated from their children. I go to schools where kids are uh, being called spicks and beaners for being Latino, where kids are different, who are different in any way, are being bullied and harassed, some of them literally to death, where kids are being separated from their peers because adults are afraid of black young people, and so they're put into alternative centers or criminal justice system. And so we have a president also uh, who yesterday spoke about the American carnage in our cities and our towns. And today, of course, there are the marches in D.C. and across the world. Um, I find art uh, useful in times like these. And I saw yesterday three beautiful images, all of women. Uh, one um, uh, seemingly Muslim, although I don't know, who was covered with a scarf uh, of the flag. Um, And uh, the byline was, we the people are greater than fear. The Amplify Foundation is putting those together. Um, The other one was um, of an African-American young lady And the byline was, we the people protect each other. And the third one uh, was of a seemingly um, Latino woman. I think that the the person who was uh, the source of this um, is an actual Latino woman with a flower in her hair. I kind of, I'm not sure I like the flower. Um, Some of you who have been around San Antonio long enough know that one of our mayors said that the Mexicans in San Antonio 
put flowers in their hair and dance in the streets. That's what we know how to do. So I guess that never went away from me, <laughs> um, that particular thing. So what does all of that have to do with sitting Zen or with your Zen practice? The answer is nothing. What does this moment have to do with this moment, the next one? Nothing. That is what is so liberating about Zen. You get to realize your true nature moment by moment by moment. By moment, everything is possible. Because I ate too much yesterday doesn't mean I have to eat too much today. Because I wasn't sure what I might say at the beginning of this Teisho, of this Dharma talk, doesn't mean that I won't know what to say in the rest of it. Do you know? So every moment is independent of the other. That's where liberation and freedom comes in Zen. So when Dwayne goes to march today, all there is to do is march. When we stand up after this talk, all there is to do is stand up. When you have to go to the bathroom, all there is to do is go to the bathroom. When we do kinhin and we walk, all there is to do is walk. We don't bring the past into the present and we don't plan for the future in the present. Unless that's what you're doing, is planning for the future. If you're writing a paper and it's due in a week, sit down and write a paper. But don't write a paper when you are sitting here in meditation. So that's cool, no? We are completely free. Where is the hindrance? So yeah, but it's not so easy, right? To realize moment by moment the freedom in life. That's why we practice for a lifetime. I don't intend to stop sitting for the rest of my life. Um, let's see. So what is Zen? One way of looking at it, this is that Zen is life. So it is all of the things. 
that we do moment by moment. So there it is. Sometimes we think that we're the only ones that live through turbulent times um, and that it's so horrible and terrible. And uh, maybe I'll stop sitting, some people say, because it's really not helping the world. I need to go out and help the world. I think that's a, that's a wonderful sentiment. That's a wonderful intention in life. To leave the world a better place than we found it. I, I raise my kids to look at that. Um, there's a, uh, a wonderful book that I've been reading called Zen Under the Gun. And uh, it includes the teaching of four Zen masters uh, during um, the 13th and 14th century. These are times that were very turbulent in Chinese history. It was filled with invasions, with wars, militarism. And these masters uh, were up to doing one thing. And that was to keep Zen and therefore life fresh and vibrant. It was also a time when Zen was becoming sort of uh, institutionalized. And it became about um, incense and um, chanting and other things. Um, and um, they spoke wherever they could, including to the uh, government of the times, uh, who uh, had sort of Zen practice under their wing, uh, about the need to make sure that what was done was fresh and was vibrant. So what would it look like for our country to be fresh and vibrant? What would it look like for our Zen practice to be fresh and vibrant? What would it look like for your life to be fresh and vibrant? So, um, I think one important question for each of us is how is our practice um, meaningful in our life? How is it meaningful in our uh, commitment? <coughs> One thing we know in this independence of each moment is that there is no going and there is no coming. That life is motion that is motionless. interesting talk. <laughs> I'm, I'm now discovering that not only did I leave my books at home, 
but that I, when I printed these little notes that I made for myself last night, that the printer didn't actually print. <laughs> and then that when I made a copy to bring, um, it isn't actually the copy of what I had written. Wow. Read that anyway. Whatever is here? I don't know I can read through it, Enrique. Um, so, what are you going to do with your life in 2017? Right? So you've been given one more year, or at least the beginning of one more year. I don't know if I'll make it one more year. This breast cancer thing that I have might come back. It isn't here right now, by the way, in my body, thankfully. But it might. So what am I going to do with my life in 2017? And what are you going to do with your life in 2017? So I would suggest that you consider two things. One is sitting. Like just sit. Sit, sit, sit. Some of you know, um, um, what was the, um, the Zen teacher's name that was John Grimes' uh, friend who then went to Florida? Shotai? Shotai. So Shotai's um, uh, sessions and, and, and uh, what she does or did in her Zendo, um, she called uh, No Toys Zen. So there was no uh, lectures like this. There was no formal kinhin. <clears throat> there was only sitting. What is interesting about that is that is our practice. Master Dogen says that sitting is not in order to become enlightened, that sitting is enlightenment itself. So isn't that cool? We're already all enlightened. We really are, by the way. Our practice is in order to realize that, moment by moment. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the books that I cherish uh, is uh, called Transmission of the Light. And it is a, um, a kind of a genealogy of... Uh, Dharma transmission from the Buddha on. And uh, Master Dogen's uh, teacher told Master Dogen when he went to China to figure out how could it be that we're all perfect and yet we're not, obviously not, right? Um, and he became kind of haughty and arrogant when he had his first sort of illuminating experiences, this is Dogen. And his master told him, there is no need for anything else. There is no need for scriptures, there is no need for incense, there is no need for um, any of what we do except sitting. So I would encourage you in 2017 to just sit. If you don't have an altar at home, or a quiet place to sit, make one. Doesn't have to be a separate room. It can be a corner in your house somewhere. Get a cushion or, or a thick blanket. 
get a little candle that every time you go in there reminds you of what you're up to. Get a Buddha image, if you wish. Uh, my altar, by the way, my Buddha altar uh, is uh, surrounded by Catholic icons. <laughs> Those of you who come sit at my house on Tuesday uh, morning, which all of you are welcome to do, um, know that there's like a lot of Catholic icons around as well. So you make it be what you be. By the way, where those icons came from, in particular, that are around there, are the great number of people who wish me well and send me good thoughts um, while I was uh, going through my journey through cancer. So they're very meaningful in that respect. And there's a way also in which they mean nothing. Just like the statue of the Buddha means nothing. If you see the Buddha, kill him, is a well-known Zen saying. Why? Because when we talk about the Buddha or when we see the Buddha as a statue, we have a concept about the Buddha. It's not the Buddha right here, right now, this moment. So make a place for yourself and sit. Some people prefer in the morning, some people prefer at night. You have the great uh, luxury of having the San Antonio Zen Center, as we all do here. And you can come as often as you like within the schedule. But I would encourage you to take on sitting as an um, intense practice in 2017 and see what happens. By the way, there's also nothing to do when you sit except sit. You don't have to stop your thoughts. They're not stopping, believe me. <laughs> All you want to do is not invite your thoughts in for dinner. You know, and you just let them go. Go back. Some of you might be sitting with koans, do that. So that's one thing that I would encourage that you take a look at for yourself in 2017. The other is uh, that I would encourage you to take a look at is, um, what about kindness? One of the, the first uh, perfection in Buddhism is kindness, loving kindness. Well, what is that? And is that something that I have to give to John? Or that John has to give to me? The Diamond Sutra tells us, no, that's not what it is. So let's see what the Diamond Sutra says um, right now about kindness and other things. Yeah, just one per person. I think we have enough. Um, so, as Ronnie uh, does that, uh, the Diamond Sutra is called the Diamond Sutra because it is said to cut through delusion. 
and the um, sixth patriarch was said to have um, become enlightened when he heard the Diamond Sutra being recited in the marketplace. So here is your enlightenment moment coming right up. What there is to do, by the way, in terms of where we will do this, is we're going to divide into two groups. Um, and we'll chant half the room the questions. Go to the last uh, page. Half the room the questions, half the room the answers. Um, some uh, Zen masters encourage you to chant not with your voice, but with your ears. So this is not about you and your voice standing out from others. This is actually um, chanting as one, right? So stay with the group that will be the part of your group. So, um, Dwayne's um, side will be the questions, and uh, we'll go through to there, and then Enrique and you and us, we will do the answers. Lori, if you would, right before each answer, if you would ring a bell, that will remind us all that this is... Um, the Buddha speaking. Yes? So that side is the Buddha? We are the Buddhas. How about that? <laughs> I think I've told you this story, but not all of you have heard it, that, um, that my Zen master, who is also a Jesuit priest, um, he and I are both in the white plum lineage, and he studied with my Zuni Roshi in California, in Los Angeles. And in one of the, the uh, private interviews that they were doing, um, Aizumi asked, um, who is the Buddha? And uh, Kennedy, uh, Robert Kennedy, now Kennedy Roshi, answered, you are. And Aizumi reached over and slapped him. Um, so there we have it about Buddhas. <laughs> um, why don't we stand up? And it's going to sound something like this. On the question side, after you hear the ring ring to get us started, um, then it will sound something like this. Though all the sentient beings to be delivered by me are innumerable and without limit, in reality, there are no sentient beings to be delivered. Why? And then this side stops. And then, don't keep flipping back and forth. Just stay with your questions. We'll stay with our answers. And um, you will be alerted to the fact that we should uh, 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 chant the answer on this side once uh, Lori gives us the signal. When we get to the end... We will switch back and forth like a meter, like darkness, as a flickering lamp, side to side. And then the last piece is together. Yes? Yes. All right.
This means bodhisattvas are not enlightened by any fixed teaching, but by an intuitive process that is spontaneous and natural. What does it mean to say the Buddha has come or has gone? This means the Buddha is never coming from anywhere, nor is he going anywhere. The name Buddha is merely a word. Why does the Buddha use words and ideas in his teachings? The Buddha uses words and ideas in his teachings in resemblance to a raft, of use only to cross a river. As the raft is of no use after the river is crossed, it should be discarded. So too, ideas about things should be given as one attains enlightenment. Has the Buddha given us any definite teaching in this sutra? No, the Buddha has not given us any definite teaching in this sutra. Like a mirror, like darkness, as a flickering lamp, an illusion, like frost, or a bubble, like clouds, a flash of lightning, or a dream, so all conditioned existence is to be seen. So there you have it, kindness as something other than a private position. I got to see that in action while I had cancer. Kindness did not belong to me. It did not belong to anyone. Although many people were kind, obviously. It was, it's kind of like love, right? Like, like love it doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to me. That's just love. There's just kindness. So I would encourage you to take a look at how you might realize that in 2017, moment by moment. What about kindness? <coughs> how do you be kindness as not a private position? The last thing I'd like to do is to um, read you a poem about kindness. This is a poem by a woman who lives in San Antonio. She is a Palestinian-American. Some of you may uh, know her, Naomi Shahib Nye. She wrote a poem about kindness some years ago. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go. So you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the threads of all sorrows and you see 
the size of the cloth. Then, it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. Not beautiful. I love that poem. So, let us sit and be kind in 2017. <coughs> I wonder if you have any questions or uh, comments you would wish to make. We have, I think, another seven minutes.